The Greg Pogue and John Burton Show, putting the fun in dysfunctional. Presented by Omni Nashville Hotel, we will be at Kitchen Notes, not this coming Friday, but a week from Friday, the 10th. Uh, some scheduling things uh, we uh, got worked out, so we're going to be down there uh, again uh, February 10th. That'll also be our very last pick with the pickers of the season, the Friday before the Super Bowl. We're hanging out in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studios. JB off this morning. He'll be back tomorrow morning. Teresa Walker at the Associated Press. Uh, Teresa and Walker on Twitter. Hello, Teresa. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing this morning, Greg? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Trying. My voice is coming back. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for people, but it is. Um, but It, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it's sort of I, something I need in what I do. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a question. Do you think yeah. Titans fans, uh, and I think JB is going to put this poll out later on today, will be pulling for or against AJ Brown in the Super Bowl? I think that many fans are going to be pulling against AJ Brown, but rooting for Brett Kern. It, it, it's weird. It's like a couple years ago when Tampa, you know, Ryan Suckup was in the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And Tom Brady, it's like, oh, you hate, especially with uh, what they went through at kicker that year. You're like, no, oh, should have kept Ryan suck up, but okay, you go get a Super Bowl ring for us, kind of thing. It, it just feels weird and awkward, right? Yeah, and and I think the AJ obviously Brett Kern joining late and everything doesn't have the obviously the sizzle of all the best that the AJ Brown and quite frankly, I think we're going to come and look back that maybe one of these days that. Whatever, wherever John Robinson lands or doesn't land, could very well be a career-altering move because we, I think that's the that was the icing on the cake for the reason he got fired, among many other reasons. But I don't know. I, I think most, I think the initial reaction is, nah, we don't want him. But I think there are a lot of people though, um, sort of understood the situation. I thought both sides mishandled it. And, and then I think a lot of it's going to be how he handles the media down there next week, media day and everything, because you know he's going to be asked about it because that's got the potential uh, to being a, a headline grabber. We'll see. I, I don't know that every I, – I think it's split right now. Oh, I, I, I don't disagree at all. And how he handles it, you know, is going – I mean, we're all going to be watching, right? I mean, we've seen the tweets and the stuff ever since since then. And, yeah, I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, the Titans missed the playoffs by one game. And if they'd had A.J. Brown, maybe they make it to the playoffs. I mean, you know, it's and butts and candy and nuts, et cetera. But, I mean, that that was a move. And, you know, I saw on Twitter yesterday, you know, somebody had a, you know, not an exactly attractive picture of John Robinson, but pointing out the fact that, uh, you know, A.J. is going to the Super Bowl and you got fired and, you know, that's, you know, that's just a piece of the puzzle. But, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, but it's really, at this point, it's like, why, why, why did you not find a way to make it work? And I will say this, it, you know, from the folks I've talked to, honestly, it feels like A.J. Brown did his best to help push this because he wanted to play with Jalen Hurts. You know, with the guy, I mean, let's not forget that they're, they're friends. I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts is the guy that hosted A.J. Brown on a visit to Alabama when he was picking a college, and, you know, they remained friends. And, you know, they, you know, they, they kind of pulled what we saw when LeBron went to Miami, you know, and they created that first 
NBA true super team, right? You know, the buddies who want to play in the pros together, and and, and, and it's paid off because they're in the Super Bowl. So uh, hopefully, you know, uh, the, the piece of history of this that I know that the Titan fans are going to be watching A.J. Brown for sure, um, and there's going to be people rooting for him. There are going to be people rooting against him. Uh, the thing that just uh, jumps out at me because, you know, Greg and I, you, you and I have been around for more than a minute, the fact that um, both quarterbacks starting this game are both black for the first time ever. And for people who say, well, that's not a big deal. And trust me, I'm seeing that on social media. Uh, you know, re- remember when, you know, Doug Williams was, uh, you know, came off the bench to win a Super Bowl as the first black quarterback and, uh, you know, and, 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 and being asked about how long he had been a, I mean, I'm, you know, it wasn't exactly the question, but how long he'd been a black quarterback. And, you know, so it's like for people who want to think that some of this stuff is ancient history, no, it is not. All right. Why haven't the Titans hired an offensive coordinator by now? Because this is what this is what Mike Vrabel does. He usually waits until the Senior Bowl, and then there's an announcement at the end of January, first of February, usually somewhere around this time. Uh, you know, it, to, and maybe maybe he is trying to get Eric Bieniemy away from the Chiefs, and now that's going to extend for two more weeks because he's busy coaching a team and getting ready for a uh, Super Bowl. You know, Eric Bieniemy has been a top head coaching candidate. He's been so interviewed the last few years, and yet he has yet to get a head coaching job uh, because partly because he's seen as a you know as an Andy Reid uh, you know system offensive coordinator that he's calling the plays for Andy and it doesn't help that Matt Nagy goes to Chicago and you know didn't have the success that they that they expected there uh so Nagy is kind of facing a similar situation so you know it just may be that he you know he's looking he's looking to make sure that he checks all the boxes looks for new ideas and I think the 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 it would probably be funny at this point if they if he ends up just sticking and in, in, in per- announcing a promotion for Tim Kelly at this point. Uh, you know, to take him this long and then suddenly do that would be a little surprising. But it just feels like, you know, when you're down at the Senior Bowl, you're looking at uh, all the talent and, p- and players that are that are assembled there in Mobile, but you're also talking to coaches, okay? You can, you can do some interviews by Zoom. You can talk to people by phone. You can fly them in and stuff. But, you know, down in Mobile, it's a little easier maybe to get face-to-face and do it a little bit more quietly and, and, and see if things are going to fit. Let's not forget, when Mike Vrabel was asked about, you know, some of the coaching changes when they introduced the new GM, you know, he kind of mentioned that, you know, what he's looking for in a new offensive uh, line coach is somebody who works to execute the vision of the offensive coordinator, which kind of indicates that he did not see Keith Carter doing that with uh, Todd Downing. So, uh, you know, making sure that the pieces that he's looking to hire, um, that they all fit together into, in, you know, uh, into the staff. So, uh, I, I, honestly, I'm expecting a release within the next two weeks announcing the new coaches and because that's kind of that's where we've usually gotten it it's all been kind of quiet and almost feels like it slips under the radar and you know they haven't really made the new coordinators available and uh you know for a bit so uh let, be patient is is in the other words i know that everybody would like to know 
who it is, what 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 way are they going to go uh, to maybe get some clues about are they going to you know keep in Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry? Are they going to just completely go to a rebuild? I'll point back to Rand Carthon's uh, comments at that news conference a couple weeks ago. He does not see this as a rebuild. It's you know so that to me indicates more of tweaking and reloading at key spots, and we all know what those spots are: offensive line and and skill positions. Well, a couple of things. I don't know how much they have to do to you know to get the Rooney Rule, all of those parameters box checked, and all of that. Certainly, Nagy's interesting. Kellen Moore just got fired of the Cowboys. I thought he did a really. Do you really want to go down that path after seeing the plays that were called the last two? I understand games? that, uh, but I, you know, you look at that offense uh, over the last four years. It's the best scoring offense in the league, other than Kansas City, uh, and this year, number two again. Uh, so, and with a quarterback that you know throws, might as well be throwing left-handed sometime. I mean, it's I mean through 15 interceptions in 12 games. Uh, so I don't know if how much that's on Kellen Moore or not. Uh, but anyway, uh, if it is Tim Kelly though, uh, why not now? I mean, having or maybe he is, and we just don't know it yet. There is also that. So. Yeah, there's so much that we just, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. And, and Mike Brabel has, you know, when it comes to coaching changes, he's kind of kept things close to the vest. And, you know, you know when it happens, right? And the only news that we've heard has come from people, you know, from outside uh, sources and reporters from outside of Nashville saying that so-and-so has been, you know, they've asked for permission to talk to him and things like that. You know, nothing has come from Nashville. Uh, Mike Vrabel keeps these very, very tight, very, very close, and and, and you know, so we'll know when they're ready to say who they've hired. Um, John Moran, I'm changing gears on it. Teresa Walker, Associated Press, at Teresa M. Walker, uh, last night in the win over the Pacers, uh, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, so he accounted for 57 points uh, scoring and assist-wise, or maybe those assists, or more than that, because some of those assists could have come on three-point shots. Um, I'm going to loop this around to Mahomes. Let me get back to this. If Mahomes, after whatever happens in the Super Bowl, win or lose, is he already in the Hall of Fame and doesn't have to play another game? On um, Pat Mahomes, I think, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, you, he, he has passed already uh, for a number of touchdown passes in, in, in con- I think, conference championship games, the names of Montana, and things like that. The only person he trails is Tom Brady. And look at how many conference championship games Tom Brady played in. So uh, five conference championships all on his home field. There's a reason that they've all been on his home field. It's because he's been that good. I mean, think about this. Terrell Davis, didn't he get into the Hall of Fame base essentially on two incredible seasons as a running back? Pat Mahomes has put this together over five seasons. Yeah, if he never plays another down, uh, I think that he is a, a, a Hall of Famer because of what he has done. And, and then he put, and on a gimpy ankle, he pulls out the the play of the you know of the game is his scramble there on that third down. And you know it, it, maybe we're looking at overtime without that shove out of bounds. And guys, don't 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 have it both ways. You can't complain about refs deciding calls at the end of the game uh, and then complain about them not making calls. Uh, he, it, know, was the right call. it was the right call. It was call. the right yeah, call. Yeah. He, he was out of bounds. He extends his arms and pushes. You know, it's a human reaction. You know, sometimes you just can't help it. 
feel for the young man who was, you know, just, you know, completely upset. But, you know, guess what? Uh, Cincinnati had plenty of opportunities in that game. Remember early in the fourth quarter when they had uh, two, uh, they had second and three, third through deep, and it hit off of Jamar Chase's helmet. And then had third and three, and again through deep, and it got picked. Now, granted, that was around the 14-yard line, so it's essentially a punt, but you had second and three and threw deep on consecutive plays. So, you know, and, and let's not forget, they went into this game with question marks on, on the offensive line, and, you know, for all the people saying the, the refs decided that game, the only truly questionable issue is the, the struggles they had, you know, with the clock management on that third down, seemingly giving them another third down, but they still had to punt, so it's you know, that didn't decide the game. So calm down, people. Every, it's like everybody's looking for conspiracy theories at times. All right. But, you know, Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. he, he's, an, he's, an, he's a Hall of Famer. All right. Now, in the, we're in the midst of watching one uh, not there yet with John Morant last night, 27, 10, and 15. Uh, Jaron Jackson, uh, 28, and 8. But they are they getting the reputation of being the bad boys? Because they do sure. They sure. I know that thing that happened out there with uh, uh, Shannon Sharp and all of that, or Sterling, whichever one it was that should have been thrown Shannon. out of the game. Yeah, one of those Sharps. Uh, so, um, anyway. Um, I they mean, kind of are. They, they kind of thrive on that because, you know, Andrew Nebhard with the Pacers apparently was talking something with uh, T. Morant, Josh's father, on the sideline, and one of the Memphis uh, guys uh, that I kind of follow said, maybe he should be in a suite instead of courtside. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's not that they're becoming bad boys along the Detroit bad boys line, but they are young and they are confident and they, they have fun out on the court and they're not afraid to back down to anybody. I mean, that part is fun to watch and fun to see. So, it's just it you know they're if you're not watching them you know sometimes they're throwing lobs in the first quarter and they're not going down but when they are playing the way they can play and and they turned around a 19 point deficit yesterday to the Pacers and 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 ended up leading by 13 on their way to the win a win that snapped the you know shoot it was the longest skid that they'd had since uh, their their first season with John Morant the one that ended in the bubble. Uh, down in 2020, down in Florida, and they turned things around. But the fact of the matter is they're the second-best team in the West for a second straight year, and uh, even with a five-game skid that is the longest, they are uh, the fifth-best team in the NBA right now, just three-and-a-half games back of the Celtics for the best record in the NBA, and that's coming off of a five-game road trip where they played three games in four nights lost Steven Adams for at least three weeks to an injury. And, you know, they, and yet they keep finding ways to, to – to, they're never boring. I'll say this, Greg. If you're not watching the Memphis Grizzlies, you're missing out because between the lobs, the, the fast breaks, the, you know, shoot the posterizing dunks by, by Morant. And then, you know, he, he's now put together back-to-back triple doubles. And, I mean, last night's was just pretty amazing. You know, it's what, 27 points, 15 assists, 10 rebounds. I mean, those are just almost insane numbers. Teresa, thank you very much. We'll be back with you next Monday. Have a great week. Always appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Greg. All righty. Teresa Walker, Teresa Walker on Twitter. Hey, we're wide open.